Hello and welcome to the DJ Force 10 in Conversation podcast, episode 166. And my very special guest on today's show is none other than the frontman of Head PE, Jared. Uh, we talk all things new album, uh, class of 2020, that is due out later this month. We've also got the 20th anniversary of Broke, uh, which was their sort of breakthrough album back 20 years ago. And uh, yeah, all things around that and everything. And it was an absolute great, absolute pleasure to speak to him um it kind of happened last minute it was kind of like a sort of like an ask and receive very quickly (laughs) on that side of things um so i was very unprepared but it was a great chat i didn't have to really prepare much at all he he really took it um but yeah no thank you for that and thank you for everyone that's been down last week fantastic reception from all three podcasts last week we had joe bouchard we had static x and we had bleed again um again go check out all those bands now or groups or signals whoever they are um go check them out now and uh yeah let me know what you think um with head p they've got a brand new track out at the moment oh cool first blood uh that is from their new album uh but go back and listen to broke it's fantastic it's got like um loads of like guest vocalists on it and stuff like that and it was just like one of those albums that really broke through at the time uh they had a track called bartender which is still big in the sort of rock clubs now um and uh killing time as well and it just are oh, just great tracks great tracks great band absolutely love speaking to them um but without much further ado uh, apart from saying thank you for liking subscribing and all that kind of jazz keep that up pass it on to your friends and whatnot uh but right now this is jared from head pe enjoy <laughs> So, uh, I'd like to welcome to my show this week, I have Jared, the frontman from the band Headpee. Welcome. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. Like I said before, man, it's, um, yeah, I, like my, my history of you guys goes back a, a very long way. Obviously, uh, you've got your 20th anniversary of Broke coming up. Wow. Uh, yeah. We're, which we're going to chat about, but my, my love for you guys goes back to the first album. Um, wow. The self-titled. How old were you when it came out? Uh, 17. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. perfect. So it hit me right in the sweet spot. Um, <laughs> as, as did Broke as well, to be fair. Um, and I actually got the pleasure of supporting you guys on a couple of shows in England. So amazing. So, so amazing. What town in what town? Uh, Camberley. Okay. Uh, the Agincourt, the venue was called. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, town that called. That sounds familiar. Yeah, and the town called Reading. Uh, there was a venue called Sub 89. Um, and I want to say there was a London show in there somewhere, but I can't <laughs> be sure. Uh, Which was probably. Yeah, London and Reading are always pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was absolutely because I was I was a DJ in a metal band here, so like oh nice the, the whole like uh like the rap metal new metal whatever you want to call it at that time I gravitated yeah. towards I I had a brief chat with um I think it was product at the time yeah um at, in both times in fact because we were just sort of like talking. DJ, um, <laughs> of course. as we do when we get together like that. But um, no, sure. I just want to say it's an absolute damn pleasure to speak to you. Uh, genuinely, <laughs> I'm a fan. Um, I've I've got pretty much your entire discography as well. So, um, 
so I'm gonna I'm gonna I've kissed your ass enough at that point I think so uh, <laughs> I appreciate it <laughs> no it's all good um but yeah what would you uh, talk about first let's talk about the 20th anniversary of Broke um because we'll get on to you got a new album coming out as well which we'll talk sure. about yeah but I just want to say that album um I've, my favorite tracks on there Killing Time uh Bartender which I think is the ones you've <laughs> actually released um and uh, I Got You as well was one of my favorite tracks yeah um, um, take take me back if you can to that sort of like time in your in your career. What was it kind of wow. like for you? Wow, you know what? It's it's just I'm sure most people when you look 20 years back, they're going to be like, that was a different era for me, and I'm no different. You mm-hmm. know, um, 20 years ago was uh, uh, such a crazy time in my life because you know we had already signed the the big deal mm-hmm. and had the first album out and it did okay. I think it had sold. Uh, I mean, these are old school numbers, like 30,000, but yeah. you know, um, but the, the record company made us like, I think it was five years between the first and second record or something crazy like that. Mm. Um, but we done a lot of touring and, uh, we're, I mean, even though it was a quote unquote million dollar record deal, um, we were, I was totally broke by yeah. the time that the second record came around. Um, so, you know, and there was a lot of, you know, the kind of the cliches of being a, 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 a rock guy, you know, of the kind of chemical abuse that was going on in my life, in my life at the time. So, um, let's see, uh, broke. We were recorded in New Jersey with a guy named machine who went on to be extremely rich and wealthy by producing Lamb of God. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, we, he was still just, you know, in a tiny studio at the time, but anyway, so, this was one of these weird ones where I was like writing the songs like the night before I had to record my part. Ah, okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. So that's how that record was written. I, re- I, I believe my favorite artist at the time was like DMX maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I think that was the case. Um, I, you know, what I do, whatever year it was, when I Google up like the top rock songs or the top pop songs, it helps me to orient myself and to what I was doing at the time. Yeah. Otherwise, at my age, everything becomes kind of a big blur. But, you know, Broke was this thing, though, because Bartender came out and then immediately sold like 30,000 rec- uh, in one week. Mm. And that was like what the first record did in five years. So um, it was already, <laughs> it felt, you know, and I was so disillusioned or not. I, I had delusions of grandeur at the time thinking oh wow that's it for me now i've got this career that's set in stone and geez this is great you know uh, <laughs> 20 <laughs> 20 years later it's like oh how how wrong and what a clown i was to think that but you know live and learn um because the song although it did really well at first kind of as as quick as it did well kind of left the charts as well and then reality kind of sat you know crept in yeah uh which was great though because you know what you know 20 years later bro i'm just a i I still do it you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i still i still rock and i'm still recording and i've written 150 published songs bro 
That's so, crazy. you know, um, and at the time, the number was probably 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, but, you know, it was, you know, that record label that doesn't exist anymore, Jive, yeah. who was like doing Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys, right? Like those guys were like flying me out to New York from Cali once a week and treating me like royalty. And um, I was in the same, you know, conference rooms that all those people were that went on to make millions, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, and whatever. So it was kind of a weird trippy time. And I stayed in the really expensive, famous New York hotel. So I'm looking back on this. I don't even think about that stuff very much. Mm. Um, but right now that it's the 20th anniversary, sometimes I do, yeah. and it's really weird, you know. Um, I didn't go on to to have the enchanted career of, like, millions and millions of records, but um, I've sold a million records, but it took me fucking 10 records. No, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but I still feel so grateful Um for the just the journey, yeah. not you know, because now I have a wife and a son, oh, and I met amazing. my wife on tour 15, 18 years ago or something. Cool, uh, dude. It was around broke too, ah. So that I met my wife. So that is a trip, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, and now I've got a thirteen-year-old son, and he's like six feet foot tall, and so, and I'm still doing it. And I've been doing like um, live streams with DJ Product and Shazad on Fridays and stuff. Because those are the two guys that I'm most tight with of the original lineup. Um, And then Chad has like footage from the broke days that he's like edited into like, you know, to different songs. So I just saw the one he did for I Got You. And it's just, you know what? It's been such a, a wild ride that I kind of haven't allowed myself to kind of kick back and, mm. and enjoy old footage. But now I'm doing it because of the pandemic and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like home, you know, and it was because of the pandemic that I even was able to put out a 20th anniversary record. Because if it, if it wasn't, I would, I'm just on tour all the time. Yeah. You know? I've noticed you guys, like, you do tour extensively. Um, I mean, I I lived over in America for about five or six years. Uh, I was over in Florida, in fact. And you guys came around there quite often. Um, Well, that's one of my good markets, yeah. So you were in that state, yeah. If you were in in Mississippi, it wouldn't have been the case. No, no, I kind of got that. Like, I was quite quite lucky about where I was because they had a good sort of rock scene, like, generally locally. Like, they had a good scene like local bands yeah, Florida has um, a scene. and then like when they bought in like the sort of national acts like yourself um they bought over skin dread from england on a couple of shows and all that kind of stuff Hell, so i yeah. got to sort of like go see them as well which was kind of cool and like other bands like fozzy and stuff like that it was just like and you guys <laughs> came into town and it, yeah. it was fucking i mean i love your live shows i mean i saw you live like back when you came to england i think probably your first or probably second tour yeah. i think you were supporting uh the name escapes me right now. Uh, but I think it was the London Astoria. Might be Papa Roach because ah. we tour with them forever. Yes, that might have been it. That might, right. yeah, definitely. Right. And, and, and like since then, obviously playing with you guys as well, like I've already mentioned. Um, right. and then just seeing you guys in these veins, but you still keep that energy. There's that certain spark that you have that, um, you've always kind of maintained through every time I've seen you on that you, front. You know, it's interesting. It's because 
I'm feeling that inside, right? Mm. Uh, it's a sort of just a feeling when you play, I don't know, for sure. When you're, when you're playing that music, you're, you know, you've been on stage. It's loud. Yeah. Even when there's, even when there's not even a crowd there. Yeah. Um, you just get in that zone where the vibe is just hitting you. Um, hard to describe, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm. But, um, I would have to liken it to some sort of like um, athletic activity yeah. because that's kind of the other situation where you're kind of like in the moment and just like all about it. Cause if you're not, then something bad will happen, you know? Mm. Uh, so, you know, for me as, and my vocals are physical too. Right. So it's yeah. like, uh, it's like there's a certain level of physical activity that I have to put into motion to even get the sound out. So then, yeah, every time I'm doing it, I have to get certain, uh, in, involved, in, in, involved in a, emotional way yes yeah no definitely i definitely feel that and it's it's sort of loud because i've always like with with vocalists I've, i was a vocalist for a little while for a different band but like yeah. how how did you maintain that kind of because you kind of keep that kind of like smooth kind of like you've got that rap <sighs> and punk kind of thing rocking uh and then you <clears throat> you start screaming out how, how do you balance that kind of um those two vibes well you know it, i think part of it goes back to just my upbringing, my cultural upbringing, because mm. my parents were immigrants from Brazil to the U.S. Yeah. So I'm not African-American, but I might be related to some African-Americans by way of the 25 percent of, um, uh, you know, Congo and South African blood that I have. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yes. the reason I bring it up is because I wasn't I, I didn't grow up in the quote unquote hood. Okay. okay. Um, so I only, I grew up with all the kind of, you know, we can call it white influences for lack of a better term. As we'll, we'll use the term that is used. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so growing up with, you know, um, just a bunch of, um, you know, pale faces or whatever, it's just, that's how I grew up. So I grew up loving rock, you know, yeah. there was no, and my parents were not, they didn't, being from Brazil, they didn't know anything about R&B or soul music. They were like into very stuffy, like gospel, not even the gospel would not even be true. Just like that, that the Christian music you hear in like Southern Baptist churches, because yeah. my dad was a preacher, but he would be preaching in all white churches. Uh, so that's how I was brought up. But the reason I bring it up, right, was because I discovered hip hop the same time uh, my white counterparts did. And so I think because of that, it brought a certain balance to the two genres for me, because, um, you know, being a darkie, uh, you know, amongst a bunch of pale faces, I was certainly could feel my darkness through NWA <laughs> and Ice Cube and uh, Snoop Dogg, like, you know, that kind of helped me that helped me to kind of feel uh, to feel my myself. In, in the kind of because I'm a mixed I'm a mixed person right yeah. you know anyway you know because I'm like here with like you know 70% European 20% African and the rest you know like um, Native Native American um, so um, I think that it's interesting that my my mixed culture is represented in the kind of mixed music that I'm creating <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but um, I do think that, you know what, because sometimes you'll see bands and then their punk isn't punk and their hip hop isn't hip hop. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, it, it's just kind of skirts the line. For me, though, we head PE has always been able to kind of go where we want to go. Make the hip-hop real hip-hop, and then make the punk and hardcore real punk and hardcore. Yes. No, that's, that was going to be my next thing, because you, like, you do have that, like, you've got the sort of straight-up three-chord punk songs. You've got the sort of, like, smooth kind of, like, more like on the R&B rap side and stuff like that. And it's just, like, you make it work. Like, you, you can put to, together these albums, and, and, like, over the time that I've listened to you, I've, you've become more sort of, like... Um, I feel you've come a bit more like punk rock recently. Um, Definitely on that front, um, but like compared to the sort of like early stuff. Good ear, good ear. You have a good ear, yeah, dude. I was just <laughs> as you're talking, I'm already I'm thinking about what you're saying, but like a second before you say it, okay? Because cool. <laughs> because the the original guitar players um, um, for Head PE were really good at their instruments. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, they're really masterful at their instruments and they kind of would back it up a bit to, to make the music thrashy, right? Mm. Like kind of loosen up their grip on that guitar. So it sounds thrashy, right? Yeah. Um, but then of course for me, punk comes out of like not really being that good, which that's me. Like I pick up the guitar and I'm not that good on it but I can write a song on it. Yeah. Right. So now, and then kind of, I'll have, you know, I just kind of more got into the real punk of like minor threat and all that kind of after the first three records, you know, and the clash. So that's why it kind of evolved to be more punky because those are the reflect me more grabbing the guitar and writing a guy who sucks at guitar, you know, but still doing it anyway, you know, um, that was kind of good though about the original head PE drummer was kind of had a garage funk where now my guy is real funk, Mm. you know, uh, but you know what? Everything in its time is right for when you're doing it in its time, you know, um, It's hard to judge stuff in a different time, you know, like me wearing spandex in the 80s. Sure. (laughs) Looks funny now. But at the time, everyone was doing it. That's very true. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah. Cool. No, uh, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No, you're right. It it was for his time on that front. But um, what we're going to check that out, you've got a new album coming out. Uh, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you got it coming out in the same month, twenty years later, as uh, as broke. Uh, it's called Class of Twenty Twenty. Um, what can you tell us about that? I mean, I've heard First Blood uh, got that streaming on on my uh, chosen streaming service. If you will. thank you, thank you. Um, and I really dig it. I really dig it. Cause, I mean, I love you guys' stuff, so it's it's almost a given on that front. But I really, I really like the track. I also because okay. I um when when we're not in lockdown, um, I I normally DJ metal clubs and stuff. Yeah. So I'm I'm always playing you guys, whether Uh-oh. it's like POS or or Bartender or Killing Time or uh, yeah, yeah. the other tracks I mentioned. I'm going to be playing First Blood because uh, sure. it's got that kind of like punky rock like club vibe as well. So definitely, um, yeah. But how's how's the album? How, like in your own words, what, obviously, what what what's, what can we expect from this album? Okay, well, you know, I purposely try to kind of 
um, tap in on some uh, broke vibes. Mm. But what I notice when I've been watching, but I don't listen to broke, <laughs> but what I notice when I've been doing my live streams on Fridays and we kind of revisit it is, wow, how just like my taste in music is just so different. Like we were talking about, um, you know, with the streaming songs have gotten shorter, yeah. you know, and like um, I and so the songs that I write have gotten noticeably shorter but they still kind of hit all the bases but but then again some hardcore punk is definitely short you know oh, like yeah, fucking, fucking song two minutes yes <laughs> but even though i hit i hit broke vibes on this record there's still an updated kind of uh approach but uh but not really because what what i really what I really stuck to is just a kind of punk rock lineup with drums, bass, one guitar and a, and a, and a, and a mic, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and really stuck it to that. And, and the, the vocals are not processed at all. And I stayed away from stacking up guitars and all this. I just wanted that straight ahead sound. And I got it like you hear on, on first blood which is so the clash influenced right yeah and i also hear in my influence of refused in that opening riff um um but yeah yeah bro like i say that the record was written post um um covid19 but pre-social unrest right like okay all the the record was done before the kind of global uh unrest type of thing was going on yeah but uh but what's funny is then if you listen to the record it sounds like there's a certain timelessness to uh some of the lyrics in terms of it sounds like they were written in response to social unrest yeah (laughs) i mean that's the thing i found like even um what was it recently iced tea uh released uh no lives matter it's like three years after that came actually came out like on the album side of things right but it was three years ago and obviously this sort of upheaval has been going on forever forever yeah, for a while yeah forever i mean well you know no- colonialism yeah colonialism right that this is where it begins this is where and i wouldn't even call it the trouble because you know the world moves in certain ways and as we were just talking about when you're in the middle of it you don't know what you're you know what you're doing you know mm-hmm. it seemed like a good idea to go ahead and take over other other countries <laughs> but you know i wonder if they could look a few hundred years in the in the future and and see oh wow we're going to have to live with these people as equals <laughs> yeah yeah it's that hindsight maybe, it's 2020 maybe right? they would have stayed home <laughs> maybe they would have yeah (laughs) i'm just cracking myself up here but um because dude you know you think about it look at the spanish right like uh, they're not even looked at as white people anymore because they've subjugated so many darkies all over the planet and so many dark people speaking spanish you you don't even think of the originators (laughs) yeah yeah but anyway, the reason I brought that up is because that's where the timelessness of all these lyrics and the social unrest comes. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you have this time of colonialism where people are basically, you know, taking over c- other cultures and countries by means of force. And then all of a sudden, those means of force start to not mean anything. It's 300 years later, but yet we're living in the remnants of, of that activity. Yeah. You know, but, and it's interesting. And I would, you know, I would even chalk up my existence to that, 
you know, mm. uh, and it's all just good fun. I think, you know, if you step back, you can see everything's moving in the right direction. Yeah, hopefully something's going to, something <laughs> you know, better is going to come from this, like, this side of things. I have I mean, faith in that. I yeah, have faith in that. I mean, I, I can't really, I mean, I can't really comment. I'm a white guy. I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't, I've not lived with that my entire life you know i've had i've had bouts of of like uh, being bullied and whatnot when i was younger but that's right. nothing compared to a lifetime of of like constantly sort of being belittled by these people yeah you know well yeah yeah you, I, I know what you're saying but let's um it shouldn't, you know, everybody's uh, experience is a bit different. Like for me, it's, it's, I don't, I would never articulate it as a lifetime of being oppressed, right? Because mm. um, that's certainly not the case. At certain times, I would even use the word bullied in the, the way you just use it mm. um, in the place of like any racist, whatever thing coming against me. Uh, felt like bullying uh but with the foundation of racism or whatever yeah. but um again though you know i'm lucky though um you know um because my parents came here as college graduates and always and raised me in middle class neighborhoods you know what i mean mm. so but so if, when i look at like um my darker counterparts um who were raised who are Seriously, are living out the legacy of slavery, like descendants of slaves yeah. in poor parts of the country. Like that's that's a real thing. Yeah. Like that's just that's not like someone's opinion. That's just a, a thing, you know. So like what you were saying, that that is something that has to be looked at. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Not by me though. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but on, on this album, you've you've it's also too, got too complicated. No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> It's all good. Let's get let's get back to the album before we go any further down yeah, that yeah. rabbit hole. Um, no, I was just going to say you've got yeah, yeah. Uh, product on DJ products on the album as well. Um, he features on yeah, uh, a track and Chad and Chad as well. Um, yeah. So obviously bringing like original members back in. How, how was that for yeah, you? Yeah. Just like obviously there are any sort of guesting oh, on track. Well, tracks, that's but... just the best. Well, that's the most amazing thing, right? Um, uh, let me put it to you this way, right? Because I've had probably seven different drummers, four different guitar players, yeah. and two different bass players, whatever. The point I'm making is um, you try to make do because you, you try to always co be constantly moving forward. Um, but what was the question again? Oh, no, it was just like, what was it like bringing them back into oh, the recording DJ studio? Product. Listen, yeah. here's the thing. And the reason I brought it up is, you know, everybody has a different reason why they're we're not playing actively together in the band anymore yeah you know um and and uh certainly for dj product i would love i would love to be able to take dj product on the road yeah um because uh i love that guy but and having him on the record uh was um amazing dude uh you know um <laughs> he just you know immediately as a vibe track number five last call yeah. um is where within the first eight within the first 
two bars, you hear that product come in with that scratching, you know, nice. which is amazing. Yeah. It's more, it's not just scratching, it's dropping something that he found. Yeah. Cause he's one of them old school DJs, do you know, but nothing against new school DJs. I'm sure it's amazing as well. And I'm proud of him cause he's got all the new stuff too. Yeah. Cause you know, that's one thing I, I pride myself in is he evolving with all this technology, bro. Listen, what we did broke. Yeah. To get the, we were doing it on two inch tape, right? Yeah. Okay. And and um, two machines running two inch tape, right? Yeah. Um. So um, each song had two reels going. By the time that, <laughs> by the time the record was done, in order to transport the tape from uh, a recording to mixing, you had to rent a U-Haul box truck. Okay, because you're in New York City. Um, anyway, okay, so nowadays, though, I'll give it to you on my flash drive. Fuck a flash drive, dude. It only <laughs> has to exist on the Internet. Yeah. I'll send it to you on the Internet, and I'll use WeTransfer for free. Dude, amazing, right? When yep. Broke Come Out came out on cassette. Okay? Yeah. No more cassette. Barely even find a DVD, uh, excuse me, a CD player in a car these days. Yeah, that's true. Dude, so so amazing to just be sitting here and just with the same girl and um, and just and know that I'm I'm a, that a guy from the UK who used to listen to me when he was a teenager took the time out to give me a call <laughs> um, and ask my opinion about this this record is just amazing, dude. No, it's just am amazing. No, it's absolutely amazing speaking to you, man. Yeah, I've I've got just a couple of questions left, if that's all right, and then I can yeah, sure. get so I don't know if you've got loads of these lined up or not. But, um, I got another one, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, it's, these are just sort of like ones that kind of just encompass your sort of like influences and stuff. But what I want to sure, find sure. out are your like three most pivotal albums, the ones that kind of made you want to be who you are today. You're like, okay, the rock yeah. star, if you That's will. a great question. I, dude, I don't think I've ever been asked that. For sure, Rush Moving Pictures. Nice. Okay. Yep. Rush Moving Pictures. ACDC Back in Black. Nice. I'm such a geezer, right? A proper geezer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Okay. And then I'm going to have to say next, I'm going to have to say, oh, the third one's more tough, though. Okay. Because um, it's, it's a toss-up between um, Rage Against the Machines first. Oh, wait, let's not, you know, dude. Ugh, and, like, you know, the Bob Marley, uh, Bob Marley's greatest hits. Yeah, dude, dude, I would just gotta go with Bob Marley's greatest yeah, hits. Go dude. with Bob Marley. That's always good. Yeah, no, I mean those are three fantastic and very different albums as well. So yeah, I love well, that. Is that my childhood, dude? Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Um, and finally, um, what are your hobbies away from music? So when you're not like doing anything head PE or anything wow. like that, what what do you kind of hmm. do? Hmm. Hobbies away from me, music, right? Yeah. Hmm. You know, hobbies is an interesting word because when that when you use that word, I I want to say I don't have any hobbies. You know okay. what I mean? Because I'll tell you what though, like the head PE thing, it's like all encompassing. Like you know what I mean, dude? Like yeah. I get up out of bed, I walk upstairs, and I'm in my studio, right? Yeah. You know, and so like head it, music is my hobby. It's okay. my living. Of course, dude. I'm. I, I don't like when people list fitness as a hobby because that's just lifestyle. Yeah, you know, because I'm a fit, I'm a fit person, but that's not a hobby. That's that's my lifestyle. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, 
I don't have hobbies. What about, like, if I rephrase it as, what are your passions away from music? Yeah, away from music, you yeah. know, and again, again, it's like... Is it still... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... I guess I'm I'm, not, I'm kind of a boring guy in that all I do nice. is just kind of the music. Lately, I've been like... Lately, I've been up there, like, into the tech world, learning how to live stream. Oh, Okay. You know, so that's yeah. been my thing lately. I've been learning how to live stream and using this OBS studio yeah. and um, bought a gamer, P- a laptop to do all this live streaming. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but that's just recent, you know, but that's fun. You know, I skateboard too. And now my son, I've always used to force him to skateboard. And he just in the last, since the pandemic has done skateboarding. So, nice. you know, I'll be, I'll build, built him a ramp, you know, and stuff. But again, I don't consider those hobbies. That's just what I'm doing for the fam. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm doing the same for my daughter. Actually, I got uh, she got a penny board for her birthday. So um, <laughs> she's been. Uh, I've been teaching her to ride that, which has been kind of cool. So that's amazing. Yeah. So how old is she? Uh, she has just turned eleven. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so, see, mine's about to turn thirteen. Yeah, I've got a twelve-year-old as well and a seventeen-year-old. So. Oh, you're blessed. I'm a, yeah. Yes, I'm a family blessed. man now. So, <laughs> Amazing, bro. Amazing. Cool. Well, that's all I got for you, man. Um, Very good, brother. Absolutely. Thank, absolute damn pleasure speaking to you. Um, yeah, good talking to you, bro. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you over here once everything gets all clear and everything. Uh, yeah, guaranteed. Again, thank you very much. I, honestly, I really appreciate it. Okay, brother. Have a good time. Have a good rest of your day. Same to you, brother. Thank you.